0: and such. I'd like to talk to you tonight about preparing for soul winning. I think that's a very important thing. Jesus said no man will build a tower or a temple except he first set down and count the cost. In other words he's going to make preparation for it. And no man goeth to warfare except he see that he has sufficient funds to, to, to get out and do that. And this is very, very important that we understand that before we do anything for the Lord, we must be prepared to do it. Because you just don't do something for the Lord accidentally. It is through the deliberate effort and diligence on your part that people are wanting to the kingdom of the Lord. I'd like for you to start by turning to Acts 1 verse 8. And this is a passage of Scripture that is so very, very uh, familiar to all of you. Acts 1 and 8, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, And a cloud received him out of their sight. The last commission or commandment that the Lord gave to us prior to his return to heaven was that we were to be witnesses. Now the word witness doesn't just mean tell people. And I think this is where a lot of us make a mistake. We think that witnessing is talking. It's verbalizing the gospel. And uh, while it may be a very important part of it, that is not the sum total of what witnessing is all about. Witnessing actually means, ye shall be examples unto me. Examples unto me. The church, each person of the church, uh, happened to be a miniature Christ or God. Now, you, you remember one time... Jesus spoke and said ye are gods. Making it plural. Now he was not saying gods in the sense that we are almighty or such. But that we were made and created in the likeness and in the image of the almighty God. And while we are here on the face of the earth. We stand in Christ's stead. To be everything that the Lord was while he was here. Now. This is something that is very important for you to understand. That witnessing is not just telling, but it is actually living. The beautiful thing about the Lord was that His actions were inseparable from His speech. And His speech was inseparable from His action. That what He said was what He did. And what He spoke was, was uh, His life. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And that's something that we need to understand. Now I'd like for you to turn back to, with me, if you would, to the 14th chapter, pardon me, the 15th chapter of the Gospel of John. And we want to talk about fruit. I am the true vine," Jesus said, "and my Father is the husbandman. So, what he was saying is that he is the true vine. And of course, we'll draw a line for soil here, and uh, and of course the great vine grows up uh, and around and twists and turns and and so forth, and we'll just happen to we'll stop it here. Now, Jesus said, I am the true vine. You see, it's from the vine that that strength comes. It's from the vine that life comes. Now, he said, ye are what? He said, ye are the branch. Now, every branch in me that beareth not fruit is taken away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more, more fruit. So we happen to be... The branch. Now here's the vine as it twists around, and the branches come off and around. See? And of course, if you know how they turn and and uh, put their leaves on, I don't know what a grape leaf looks like. I suppose. Uh, I don't know if it looks like that. It looks like holly there, doesn't it? But you have a very good imagination, so uh, we'll just uh, draw it here. Uh, that's not. That's the leaf. That's not the grape, brother. Brother Rutherford. All right. <clears throat> now, he said, now, every branch that bringeth forth not fruit, he said, I'm going to take and cut it off. Now, of course, he said, uh, the reason why is because it is a hindrance to that particular branch or that particular vine. I think non productive, non fruit bearing Christians. Or a bad influence to the body, you know. Every now and then, uh, you'll hear people say, "We got a real stable church. I'm in mean, a real stable church, uh, a solid church." Oh, we don't have any visitors uh, very often, and uh, nobody gets real excited about the Lord. But they never pis- uh, miss paying their tithing, and they never miss uh, a service, and 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 yet we got a solid church. Well, that's not what a solid church is all about. Uh, there has to be life. And you see, as long as life is flowing through this particular uh, vine or this particular branch, uh, the Lord will take and purge it. But you see, after a while, if it doesn't bring forth fruit, it begins to die. There's a reason why. It may be diseased or or, or such, but uh, uh, when the Lord understands or sees that the that the branch is a hindrance to the vine he says we are taking we cut it off now i don't know if you've ever noticed uh uh how some of the nurseries take and prune those fruit trees and in, in the uh, early spring i think it is isn't it early spring when they do that uh but they take and they they prune those back and i saw a grapevine on the west side of town at a home one time and they had taken and cut that, cut that thing so far back, I wondered if they'd have any, any grapes. I happened to be there in the fall, and you could not believe the grapes that were growing from that, from that vine. A new uh, life came to each one of the, the branches. Now, life is fed up through the vine into the branch. The Lord says, this is what I am. This is the Lord or God, and this is what you are. Now, sometimes we think that uh, soul winning is our fruit. In other words, if if we win a lot of souls, we say, I've got a lot of fruit. When in essence, that is not quite the biblical teaching. Now, we want to let's go all the way back to the book of Genesis. And let's look at a principle that the Lord set in order relative to to, uh, fruit-bearing trees. Genesis 1 verse 29. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you, It shall be for meat. Now what he's talking about. He's saying that. That uh, he has made certain things. If you notice the plant kingdom. He constantly reminds us concerning. The plants that he put upon the face of the earth. Whose seed is within itself. And it is capable of reproducing. like unto itself. Now. If in the event you are the proper Christian that you need to to be, there is a potential in you to reproduce yourself and somebody else. But the fruit that the Lord was talking about is not altogether the 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 person. It's not the soul that you're after. Now, for an example, what we're saying here, we got the leaves and everything, but we don't have any fruit on it. Now, if you notice how sometimes a, a grape will grow they'll send out little little feelers and they'll attach themselves and it's out close to the end of this that uh, the grapes grow now he speaks of seed he speaks of seed but seeds are always implanted buried encompassed by fruit now So this branch must put forth fruit. And we'll just draw a big cluster of grapes on here. We'll magnify this. And we'll do it for a reason, okay? Now, in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is spoken of. If you'll turn there with me and we'll take a look at that. Galatians 5... But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, life is in the Spirit. And it's coming up through here. And God then flows through you. And his divine character is made known to the world through your life. And so the fruit of your life, here's love, here's joy, here's peace, and etc. Now, the seed of the gospel that caused you to grow is planted inside a fruit do you know of any particular plant that produces a seed that just sticks out without being buried inside of something you see the the seed is always inside of the fruit and that's something that's very very important for you to understand that inside of each one of these little grapes, now you can go down to the store and you can buy some of these hybrid grapes that don't have any seed. But you see, that seed cannot reproduce itself. Or that plant can't. Why? Because he doesn't have a seed. Now, the only way that I can see according to Scripture that a person can be a productive Christian witness is that he must first bear fruit this is the reason why you'll find a lot of people that do a whole lot of telling and they wonder "Well, how come i can't win people to the lord what's my problem i've witnessed now for five years and i never won a soul i've talked to all my family about jesus and nobody will listen you see the fruit is the appeasing it's the appealing it's the the drawing power You remember when Jesus gave the parable of uh, the the wedding supper? And of course, uh, he gave the second commission after the first commission was ignored. He said, now I want you to go out in the highways and the hedges. And I want you to compel them to come in because my house must be filled. Now, nobody eats grapes because of the seed. And that's something that you need to understand. That in order for a person to receive the gospel, in order for a person to adhere to the gospel, in order for a person to have the gospel planted in them, they need part of God's divine character that flows through the vine up into the branch which you are, into the fruit. They need to receive that in their life. They need to learn to love you. They need to see joy in you. They need to see peace in you. God. And when they see this in you, then they're willing to take what you have and receive the seed. Now the seed is the gospel. But the gospel must be encompassed. It must be enveloped it must be buried inside of the fruit of the Spirit. I believe that this is something that's so very vital for us to understand. Now the reason why, because you see your approach to people. It's easy for us to take the wrong approach. The, the Apostle Paul speaks to the, to the people at uh, Philippi. And, and when he speaks to the Philippians... He, he, this is what he said. He said, some people preach Christ for contention's sake. Now, that's something that's very, very important because, you see, when you start preaching the Lord for contention's sake, you don't have very good results. In fact, it's almost impossible to win somebody. Now, let's just take it that this handsome young man and his beautiful young wife here are unsaved. And so I go up to them and I said, uh, John Gamander, I understand that uh, you and your wife are uh, considering coming to our church. Well, that's right, Pastor Grant. Well, you need to because I'm here to tell you that if you don't get out there and get baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you're going to split hell wide open, friend, because the Bible tells me. Now, you know, you can pick a fight with people like that. Now, you know then that the seed that I am, that I am... Casting off from 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 the branch, even though it might be the gospel seed, it's not going to live in him. Why? Because the fruit must mature. Even the seed that comes forth from immature fruit will not grow. And this is something that's so very, very vital for us to understand. You see, a lot of people, a lot of Christians are like porcupines they got a lot of good points, but nobody can get near them. And and this is something that we need to understand. That's what the Lord was talking about. Now, He says, now you see, if you're a fruit-bearing tree, He said, I'm going to come by... If you're not a fruit-bearing tree, I'm going to purge you. Why? He said, because I want my character. The fruit of the Spirit is the character of God. I want my character growing and blooming and blossoming and maturing from your life. Why? Because there's a lost world out there. Ye shall be witnesses unto me. The gospel seed has to be buried inside of the fruit of the Spirit. And if the gospel seed not buried inside the fruit of the Spirit, you can cast it on all types of soil, as Jesus spoke of in Matthew 13, but it won't come up and it won't grow. It doesn't have the power to grow until it has matured inside of the fruit. Now when we talk about preparation for soul winning, this is the reason why we stress here at Calvary Gospel Church that you need to pray. And you need to fast, and you need to seek God. Why? Because a person who doesn't fast and pray, the the, the fruit won't be the right type of fruit. You see, as far as I can can understand here uh, in Galatians five, it is possible for us to have different type of the of fruit other than the fruit of the Spirit. In the works of the flesh, I think you could properly outline the works of the flesh as the fruit of the flesh. Notice this, Galatians 5, 17. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication. In other words, what we can do, we can erase all of these and we can put a different type of fruit in there. Here's adultery, here's fornication. You see, now that's, that's sour grapes for sure. And you see, the fruit has within it, a seed that's capable of producing like unto itself. Every tree bearing forth fruit and seed producing after its kind. In 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, there was a case where a man was committing fornication with his father's wife, which evidently was his stepmother. And it was a common thing. And the Apostle Paul speaks of this being common among you. And, of course, then he speaks of disfellowshipping this man, casting him out of the body. Now, why do you want to cast this man out of the body? He goes on to say, he said, now, when it comes to to your fellowship, he speaks of light having no fellowship with darkness. He speaks of the fornicator. He said, now, I don't even want you eating with this man. He said, don't even sit down and eat a meal with a fornicator. Now, why did he say this? Because that the fornicator having sour grapes and seed capable of producing liken to himself can cast those seed off in your life and they will take root and begin to grow. A confused person only confuses people. A a person with a a bad spirit. Uh, emits that bad spirit to somebody else. A person that's envious puts that in somebody else. A person that's that's malicious they put that into somebody else. A, a person that uh, is filthy has a filthy spirit. They put that into somebody else. A person then that has peace will put that into somebody else. A person who has joy will put that into somebody else. A person who has love will put that into somebody else. This is what God is. And when we produce this type of fruit, the seed bearing after its kind, growing inside of us, which is the gospel seed, will be planted inside of the heart of man, which is the soil, according to Matthew 13. And if it's properly uh, watered and planted and such, it'll come up and it'll grow, and all of a sudden you'll find fruit produced just like the kind that uh, planted the seed. Now, Brother Rutherford has pastored other churches other than pastoring here at this church. Uh, Brother O'Neill has preached all over the states and, and various places evangelizing. He can probably tell you this. You take a church that's divided, I mean, torn apart by strife and this type of thing. If you're ever fortunate enough to pray somebody through That person seems to take on the very spirit and life of the people who won him to the Lord. A critical person winning somebody will usually produce a critical person. Why? Because their fruit is sour. And the seed that's planted inside of them will not be right. If you want to be productive in the work of the Lord... You must, of necessity, give yourself to the Lord so that the Lord can produce the right kind of fruit in you. If you have fruit that's critical, if you've got fruit that's envious, if you've got fruit that's uh, uh, malicious, if you've got fruit that uh, is strife, uh, uh, if you've got fruit of adultery, of fornication, and and so forth, uh, there is a seed inside of that that is capable of producing like unto itself. And you see, when you begin to preach or teach and and your actions, uh, you're planting seed by preaching and teaching and by your action. So in Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses, living examples of me. We want the we want our actions. We want the condition of our heart. We want everything that we say to be just like Jesus. And then, when the seed is cast forth into that life, it will be nurtured and watered by by maybe additional testimony and such. Paul speaks of this in First Corinthians, the third chapter. He said a polis watered. Uh, uh, he's I planted the seed to Polish watered, but God gave the increase. And Paul was talking about planting those seed. And the reason why that Paul was such a productive Christian man was because that he had the fruit of the Spirit. He had the right kind of fruit. I have personally known Christians, people in the house of the Lord, who were just as sincere as, as you could find. They, they they prayed about witnessing as much as as you'd ever find anybody praying about witnessing, and yet they were not productive. Why? You see, you can pray all you want to about what kind of seed you produce, but you see, it's not what kind of seed you produce that is your main concern. It's what kind of fruit am I? Because if I am what I ought to be, I will produce what I ought to produce. And I... I firmly believe that Christians really need to pray about their character, about their life, about their actions. God, make me everything that I ought to be. Read this Bible. Look at the life of Jesus Christ. Study the way of the Lord. What kind of a man was he? And once you have determined what kind of a man he was, then you determine that I will be just like him. Why? Because you see, he is the vine. I am the branch. And from my fruit, I am to produce like unto him again. And the continuity cannot be broken. And you and I be productive soul winners in the vineyard of the Lord. You remember the story that you read recently in your bread? That's Bible reading and riches any day. You remember the story of Jacob? Jacob went into, and he disguised himself to steal a blessing that really belonged to his brother. But when he went in there, he went in there empty-handed, so to speak. Uh, his mother called him back out and said, look, now your father's going to know the difference because Isaac, or Esau rather, is a man that uh, he's a very hairy man, and he has the smell of the field on him. And so she told him, said, go out in the barnyard and kill a goat and bring in the goat. And uh, we'll make some uh, some nice stew. And And uh, your dad likes this. And we'll, we'll tell him it's venison. And so uh, uh, they made it all up and he's going to go in there again. She said, wait a minute. She said, you know, there's a whole lot of difference in you and Esau because Esau is a real hairy man. So what he did was, or what she did she took and spread the goat skin over his hands and over the back of his neck and everything. So he went in there. Of course, Isaac was an older blind man at this time. And uh, he, he said, who are you? And Jacob said, uh, I am Esau. And uh, so Jacob, uh, Isaac said, come near my son that I may feel of thee. In other words, he, he's going to test him out a little bit further. And so Jacob came over and so he began to to rub because he knew that he was a very hairy individual, see. Picked up his hand. He rubbed his hands. And sure enough, see, he was loaded with hair. But Isaac said, Behold, son. He said, There's something that confuses me. He said, You've got the voice of Jacob, but you've got the hands of Esau. And if you will notice, this really depicted the character of Jacob for many, many years. And the reason why that Jacob went through so much heartache and trouble and sorrow was that what he proclaimed with his mouth was entirely different than what he did with his hands. And this is the problem with so many, many people today. We want what we say and what we do to harmonize. And the only way they'll ever harmonize is if God's Spirit, which is the vine, flows through us, the branch, and we produce the right kind of fruit. Praise God. So that there's a definite harmony flowing all through the great vine, so to speak. Praise God. And then when the seeds are cast forth, the seeds of the gospel, they will produce like unto themselves. Now, I want to close by just making a statement here, and I trust that this is well taken by everybody here. Uh, young couples get married, uh, usually their biggest concern is not having kids, their biggest concern is how are we going to prevent having kids. Is that right or wrong? Now all over you are laughing. Just think about that for a moment. It is normal and natural for people to bear lock unto themselves. And as far as I can see in the scripture, there never was a quest by the first early Christians to win souls. They just kept coming, and they kept coming, and they kept coming, and they kept coming, and they kept coming. Why? Because, you see, they rubbed shoulders with Jesus. They knew what kind of a man he was. They saw him. Upwards of 500 witnessed him with their own eyes. They knew what kind of a man he was. They tried their best to pattern their lives after him. And when they patterned their lives after him, it was a normal and natural thing. For children to be born into the household of faith. Praise God. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. God is delicious. Amen. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. You need to spend a lot of time, if you're not productive in winning souls, just praying about your own personal life. I'm talking about Asking God to remove any hypocrisy. Asking Him to remove any jealousy. Asking Him to remove any envy. Asking Him to remove any bitterness. Asking Him to remove anything in you that's not like unto Himself. Praise God. Why? So that the proper fruit can be born on the tree. Diseased fruit we don't want. See, sour grapes we don't want. Why? Because they will produce seeds like unto themselves. Praise God. I want to be like Jesus. We're talking about preparing for soul winning. Praise God. Praise God. And I want you to spend a couple of weeks before we go back to this subject. Laying on your face in your closet of prayer, wherever you pray, asking God to help you. Asking God to allow you to produce fruit like unto Him. (laughs) Let his own character, let his own nature, let everything that God is become an integral part of your life and your being. Praise God. I want to be like him, not you? Praise God. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise.